I am the Flash. My name is Sarah Lamb, but don't call us heroes. We are legends. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. Welcome to CW Superheroes, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the CW's DC Superhero Show, Supergirl, Batwoman, Arrow, Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, and Black Lightning. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing? I'm not too bad. Uh, yeah, we are here, finally, after a, year, after a year of being teased and set up and episodes and whatever else. We're here to talk about Crisis on Infinite Earths, at least episodes 1 to 3, which I guess technically is part 1. The episodes that have aired in December, episodes 1 to 3, which is of course Supergirl, Batwoman and The Flash. Uh, We are also going to talk a bit about the Black Lightning episode, because it did also tie in. Um, What did you think of these first three episodes of Crisis on Infinite Earths? It was a lot of interesting things on it. There was a lot of good fan service for the most part. Um... We had a lot of cameos, yeah. uh, so many cameos, and I had to actually, um, not research, but I definitely wanted to break them down for the significance of it. Sure, yeah. Um, but other than that, I think the plot line is really good so far. Now, granted, we have only seen the first three episodes, and it did end on, like, a huge shocker. So Probably the um, biggest cliffhanger the Arrowverse has had. Yeah. Well, really, kind of any show has had that I can remember in a long time. Hmm. Uh, before we get into it, real quick question. Uh, at least over here in the U.S., after um, Supergirl and Flash aired, uh, Kevin Smith did an Aftermath video. Was that something that you were able to see? Uh, no, I, it's not advertised anywhere over here for that. It might have been just a CW thing, but I didn't see any of that. Yeah, was something it might be a CW thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can check to see if you can find like the CW app. Mm-hmm. If you can get that to work in the UK or if in the US, just download the CW app. It'll be on there. And it's basically just him interviewing, you know, the writers, directors, and some of the actors jump on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's something really interesting. Something that I completely forgot was that John Cryer, who plays Lex Luthor in the Supergirl mm-hmm. uh, TV show, had already been in the Superman movie. I completely forgot about that. I didn't know that either. So. Well, that's because it was Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, which was universally panned as movies to go, much, not less uh, superhero movies go, and it very clearly ran out of budget at some point during production, which is very obvious. I mean, I didn't, you know, I was like, I don't know, 14, 15, 16, something like that when that movie came out. I actually got to check that real quick just because that's going to drive me nuts. So that's, when you're a kid, that's not the kind of thing uh, you notice. But looking back on it, it's like, God, that makes so much more sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think this was a good start. I do think that um, uh, about halfway through episode two, I was concerned as like, okay, are they focusing a bit too much on cameos and kind of not enough on story? Um, especially with uh, ju- kind of the way that Oliver is pushed to the side in these first couple of episodes. I know we see a bit more of him in episode 3 when he kind of comes back and he's on Leon Yu and all that sort of thing. Um, I'll talk a bit about Oliver's death in episode 1 in a minute. But um, yeah, I, I just kind of, as we were getting, you know, Tom Welling and Kevin Conroy and Brandon Routh is back as Superman. I was like, this is all really great, but it sort of seemed like in in a lot of those meetup scenes where like Iris and whoever is going to meet 
um, I think, was it Iris and Lois Lane and uh, Superman who went to meet Brandon Routh's Superman? I, th- I think that's it, who it was. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. Iris and Lois Lane and uh, Tyler's Superman. Yeah, Tyler's Superman. And I was like, this is good and that, and it's really cool to see. But, like, in, in some of those scenes where they're meeting up with, like, okay, we have to find this character and that character to do this and that, there didn't seem to be an enormous amount of urgency. And when your crossover is called Crisis on Infinite Earths, I just thought that they would be a bit more of like, okay, we have to get you off this planet kind of thing, and we have to we have to get you away. Um, and I I I thought you know the the Superman little fight was was pretty cool and all that, and obviously Lex Lex's uh, manipulation and everything was pretty cool. But um, I mean they they cleaned it up a bit in episode three with like them getting more to okay the Harbingers like killed the Monitor maybe or something like that, um, and then of course Harbinger sending them to no it was. Uh, prior that sent them to this void thing i was like okay now this feels like okay they're trapped on this thing their earth has gone there's no earth left they're in this void kind of thing um okay what do they do now now there's a bit more of a sense of stakes and i do understand that you have to set up a bunch of these cameos and meetups and explain to each character kind of what's going on um but i i thought it's interesting because i've looked around and a lot of people were like this is really kind of um too quick and i thought it was too slow uh, in terms of its build-up, what, what did you think in terms of uh, pacing? Yeah, the pacing was definitely on in some areas, off in some. Uh, yeah. Just rewind a little bit. Uh, Superman Four: The Quest for Peace came out in 1987, so that's how long ago it was. Right. Uh, on IMDb, it is currently sitting at a 3.7 out of 10 on their 40,000 uh, plus reviews for. So that's kind of how bad it was. Right. Right. Um. So let's go back to. Uh, um, the Supergirl episode, um, the cameos were like done super, super quick. Yeah. So in the very opening episode where you saw the bat signal and you saw the guy sitting on the bench, that was actually Robert Wall, who played Alexander Knox in the first Michael Keaton Batman uh, movie. Okay. I have actually seen that one, I think. But uh, I don't. Yeah, he played like a reporter remember. or something. Right. And right. then uh, the next cameo where you saw a dude walking a dog. And it said, holy uh, red skies or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was Burt Ward, who played uh, uh, Dick Grayson slash Robin in the 1966 uh, yeah. TV show, yeah, Batman. West one. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. then IMDb actually does have him uh, credited as Dick Grayson in hmm. the episodes. So clearly that was like a retired Robin. Right. And the dog he was walking is actually a uh, significant thing as well. Because after he got done with acting, he created and founded Gentle Giants Rex- Rescue, hmm. which is a animal rescue center for large breed dogs. So like Great Danes, St. Bernard's, uh, dogs like that that are just like huge. And uh, he gets them into like rescue programs and feeding programs and care programs. Uh, some of his dogs have lived as long as 27, which for any breed of dog, that's forever. But wow. for big dogs like yeah. that, they tend to have much shorter lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why that him walking that dog was significant because I'm sure people are reading up on who he is and whatnot. And then they see that, you know, him linking to that charity. And so that kind of helps a lot. Um, and I can understand why those cameos were just like super quick, just like bing, bang, boom. Sure. Sure. But it yeah. does throw the pacing off a little bit. So mm-hmm. I also appreciate it because I've seen a few episodes of the Batman animated series and they were playing that at the start, weren't they? The mm-hmm. uh, little tune from that. I recognize that and that was pretty cool. Um, I've not seen loads of the episodes, but I intend to watch 
more of them at a certain point. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I recognize that. That was pretty cool. So um, yeah, it, it's interesting how they... Okay, it's called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And they can essentially make the excuse that like, okay, but Burt Ward's um, Dick Grayson is on a different Earth. And then this character is on a different Earth. And because um, otherwise you end up coming up with the question of like, okay, are you going to see... Burt Ward's Dick Grayson interact with like Barry Allen and like no that's not not going to happen so I and then I, we I, did see uh, one of the characters from the DC show Titans and then that yeah, got immediately yeah. blinked out I think that was um Hawk Hawk and uh, Robin the yeah. Jason Todd version I've seen season mm-hmm. one of Titans uh, season two comes out in January uh, over here um yeah that that was really kind of cool and again they can make the excuse of like okay different Robin different Earth kind of thing um so it's it started off pretty well with all that i thought that was a a pretty great start so um anything else you wanted to say in terms of the cameos uh yeah i mean there's one significant one that hasn't been shown yet and at this point i don't think uh, we will see it and that is dean kane's version of superman because he played superman alongside terry hatcher uh called the adventures of lois and clark oh from in the late yeah late 90s it was before her desperate housewife days Mm-hmm. It kind of put her on the map for the most part. I mean, she'd done a bunch of stuff before that, but that was kind of like the big, big thing. So Yeah, and she played one of the villains in, was it season two of Supergirl, I think? Yeah, she played the villain in, Super, in season two alongside the Kevin Sorbo. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, that was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Karen Amber's love interest, uh, the dude from uh, the rival planet that wasn't Krypton. Uh, I can't remember that. Anyway, that was his parents. So yeah, yeah, I, I remember you. Talk, uh, yeah, I, I, I got him. I've got him in my mind, but I can't think of his name. But uh, he's um, not quite on the show anymore. So he didn't get killed off or anything. I think he just left or something. I think he went back to the future or something. Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other cameos you want to kind of talk about? I know he's kind of he was running through them. So yeah, there was a lot of cameos. So in episode two or three, I forget which one it was. We saw. Uh, the Dinah Myers character from the uh, Birds of Prey TV show that was that very was, short That uh, was episode three, right at the start. Yeah, that was yeah. episode three right at the start. Um, that one actually had all the big cameos. The, let me, I'm going through the IMDb page real quick, seeing if there's anything okay. that I'm forgetting. Because Kevin Conroy um, was episode two, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah, which was yeah cool. Kevin Conroy was episode two with the Batman episode. Um, so that was kind of seeing him and... Uh, the uh uh not the uh, kingdom come outfit i think it's supposed to be yeah kingdom come outfit uh but it's the character not uh luke fox uh lucia fox i think his name is luke fox yeah Yeah, luke fox camera uh cameras uh johnson Mm -hmm. seeing him kind of being the the non-nerdy bad guy was kind of interesting and then we got uh tom welling reprising his role as superman Mm -hmm. uh for the one earth for a, oh, you said Tom Manning. I thought you was going to say uh, Tom Ellison uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Lucifer. Um, seeing Tom Ellis was really, really cool. And as someone who's not seen Lucifer but intends to watch it at some point, I really thought he did a great job. And that that was the only... Apart from seeing like the trailers for some of the seasons and whatnot, um, for only seeing him for, like, was it five minutes, three minutes maybe? Maybe, I, if he, that. He's really, really good. And I'm going to have to watch that show at some point. Yeah, and um, I've talked on other podcasts about if you're familiar with Tom Ellis, his playing Lucifer as someone, you know, going through therapy is just so fascinating. Um, Mm. The seasons might be on Netflix now because I know they Netflix bought up 
the rights to it and did one season, and I think they're coming out with another season. Yeah, they're doing and another that, final season. So yeah, and that cameo came out of way left field because I've seen you know spoiler this, spoiler that, you know shot this, shot that, leading up to it. That was just like, wait, what the hell? Mm. Um, yeah. But no, um, Tom Welling was Clark Kent for the uh, Smallville series. They called it Earth 167. I'm not quite sure why. They just said, you know, Smallville. <laughs> and then you also got to see Erica Durant, who played Lois Lane on that series, but she also plays Kara's mom on Earth 38. So, Yeah. Um, for me, with the Tom Welling one, be- I know it's because I haven't seen Smallville, but I just had no connection to that character at all. And I will say specifically when, because it's Iris and is it the same three that turn up to see him as well? Uh-huh. Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's super, our Superman, um, Iris and uh, Lois. His, something about um, Tom Welling's Clark Kent, his reactions to like, okay, multiverse this and multiverse that and Lex Luthor's turning up just seemed very blank to me. Um, and well, it, it, because, it, it just um... didn't work for me. Yeah, that's because for the Smallville series, he never really embraced the Superman persona. He never had the tights, he never had the cape, he never technically did the flying. For like a brief season, if I'm if I'm remembering it right, he did like the the S logo on like a t shirt and it had kind of a trench coat thing going on. Okay. And I think for like a couple three seasons they called him the red blue blur, which is such a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. Um um, but yeah, I mean, he never really embraced the superhero lifestyle. I mean, he had to do a lot of superhero stuff, mm-hmm. but he never really embraced that lifestyle. And so his portrayal of, you know, giving up his powers, being just kind of like a farm, you know, running a farm, being a father, being a parent, being a husband, that really kind of rang true to the character as it was portrayed back in the show. Okay. But if you've never seen any of the show, I can completely understand how that came off kind of blank. Yeah. It's not the character himself. Like, Tom Welling did a good job with the five minutes that he got here. It was just his reactions to hearing about Multiverse and Crisis and Lex Luthor and all that. And I was like, why aren't you saying something more? Um, you saw, Did you see Smallville and all that? Do you have more of a connection yeah, to Yeah. I uh, I saw like the start of season two or three ish. I forget when. Okay. And then it was one of those things that there was at the time there was no streaming services of any kind. I mean, there's barely any internet streaming at all, and there wasn't really a whole lot on superhero wise. Um, mm-hmm. So I just kind of watched it more of a default. Um, interesting cross, not crossover, but the actor that plays Hawk on the DC series. Uh, played uh, Aquaman unofficially on uh, the Smallville series. Oh, Alan Richter or something, I think his name is. He played Arthur Curry, so technically he was uh, uh, was Aquaman. He just didn't have like the classic Aquaman look. Okay, right, right. And then they had jokes about, you know, he was a swimmer as a sport because it was, it was technically still in high school. Mm-hmm. And so they made a joke about starting up a junior lifeguard association, you know, JLA. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I just yeah, like I said, I didn't really connect with uh, him too much, but I thought Tom was good himself. Um yeah, they did say at one point that we were supposed to have a scene with all three Supermen, but it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen now. Uh, well and- maybe 
maybe in the uh, the next two episodes because that's why I brought up the uh, the aftermath thing with uh, um, Kevin Smith with Kevin Smith because they had John Cryer on there and they were asking about the, his most memorable memorable scene and he said, well, the scene that I remember the most isn't the one that's been shown yet because it's in the next two, but they have shown screens of it so I can talk about it. Because if you remember in like the teaser for the upcoming two, it showed them in kind of like like a really rocky looking area. Yeah, some weird sort of that, yeah. That was actually in a quarry, and the quarry was active, so they were filming whatever scenes they were filming there, and then occasionally real explosions would go off. Okay. So that obviously that's why that's uh, kind of memorable for everybody. So hmm. yeah, um, yeah. What, what other things? Uh, what do you think of Kevin Conroy? I thought Kevin Conroy did good. I mean, we got the we got him, but with his Batman voice still, you know, kind of pared down a little bit. Yeah. Um, is you it just hear me? It. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Is it just me, or am I constantly hearing Ruby Rose's Australian accent just coming through? Is it me, or is just could she just not do an American <laughs> accent for the for crap? I don't know. I'm not really paying attention to like accents yeah. and stuff, but I'll maybe keep an ear out for that. I suppose. Um, yeah. Speaking of. I, it felt like Batwoman was just there because she was her show is active and she was part of the crossover. A lot of people were kind of pointing out the like, okay, Ruby Rose is just Batwoman's just awkward here. Um, mm-hmm. not, oh, not, she was very awkward there. Yeah, yeah, and in t- more specifically in terms of how her character is reacting with other people, she's just sort of okay. I'm just here because you called me for the crisis, kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So that didn't work uh, excellently well. Um, I did like that uh, Wentworth Miller came back to do the ship's AI voice. I'm, I miss Leonard. him. Yeah, and I, I, mi- I, miss I miss him his, on the show a lot. I miss his chemistry with uh, is it R- Rory Heatwave? Yeah, Heatwave uh, Rory. Yeah, Mick Rory. I I really miss that from uh, season one, and I didn't kind of feel that way until I heard the two of them kind of arguing over the intercoms or whatever um, yeah. sort of thing, and I was like, yeah, that's that's, a, that's the thing that Legends is really missing. But uh, it, it was great that they found. Somewhere to get him back, at least. I wonder if yeah. they'll bring um, was it the Ray? His uh, him him and his boyfriend from the Earth X crossover. They had the Ray. They're flying around in his like little golden glowy thing for like a brief minute, and then I, that Earth went poof. Uh, minor correction: it was actually Ashley Scott that was playing Helen the Kyle slash the Huntress in that quick scene. Okay, and then you heard the voice of Dana Meyer who played Barbara Gordon slash Oracle. Right, because she was telling them about like danger, <laughs> mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, yep. Did you ever watch that uh, one season of Birds of Prey? Yeah, I mean, if you're living in the U.S. and you use the CW app, there's a secondary section called CW Seed, mm-hmm. and that shows like all the stuff that they still have the rights for um, that aren't like part of the main, not necessarily main canon. They just haven't aired in a while. Yeah, uh, let like me pull that up real quick. Thing. And there's, yeah, back catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, but Same. that's where you can get stuff like, uh, oh man, what was it called? There was um, like a show to where a guy could die but he would come back but it wasn't like like a zombie thing he was just like cursed from like the 18th century uh but then you get shows like the secret circle and uh today's sponsor is kualu if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to kualu to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner 
So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Yeah, um, yeah, that was good to see. The little um, cameo from them, of course, we'll probably never see them again, but... Uh, there's that. Um, yeah, I thought Kirk Kevin Conroy was pretty good. Is he, is he dead? Or do we never really know that in this universe? Uh, oh, yeah. He, in, in the show, he's super dead, so. Yeah, that was, I mean. Yeah, but here's the. I mean, yeah, eight years. That's right, go. Eight years into this Arrowverse, we finally see Bruce Wayne um, was uh, quite something. I mean, it, it was kind of annoying because, like, <sighs> Warner Brothers has avoided every opportunity to do a Batwoman, a Batman show rather, and like he's right there, and the the bat suit is there, and I'm like, okay, you're just you're just that like, kind of teasing and whatnot. But no, Kevin Conroy himself did a really really good job, and um, yeah, it's a shame that he was kind of an evil Bruce Wayne, but he's kind of like, um, what's the term like war torn or whatever? What's the uh, kind uh, of like, yeah war torn? Yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. Um, because of uh, he's seen some things which was pretty interesting. Um, one little. But yeah, uh, the thing, one little thing I kind of liked with Kevin Conroy's Batman was, um, you know, when Kate goes over to his little uh, cabinet thing, and you see like a Joker card, you see what I think was a Riddler cane in there. That was a nice yep. little kind of like, okay, he's been through some stuff, and this was just a little kind of teaser of that. I thought that was pretty good. So, um, what did you think of Arrow's death in the first part? Uh, it was a little s- sudden. You know, you know, you kind of expected that death in like episode three, not in episode uh, one. Yeah. Of that. Yeah, I was really disappointed with it. Um, I mean, I mean, he's back, bounced, I mean, he's back uh, now, but like, I just why why would he not just leave the planet at that point? Why would he put his bow down and just jump into Harry Potter, Harry Potter Dementors? Yeah. <laughs> I, and the really interesting thing is um, him taking over the role of Spectre. Um, and that's something that you'd have to kind of go to the DC wiki to get like the full, full load down. I only vaguely ish know of the character because of the DC movie, uh, Batman dark, where they deal with all like the magical characters. So there's, uh, uh, Zatanna and Constantine and a couple other characters and they deal like with the more magic side. Um, and I'm only really familiar with the character from that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is interesting because it kind of does give him a way to keep uh, Stephen Amell in the show without actually Green Arrow being in the show. So, I guess, yeah, um, yeah. D- 
to to his death, I thought it was thoroughly disappointing. I just, uh, I mean, it, it's a bit inconsequential because he's kind of back now and whatever. But, um, the, I mean, when the when that th- first episode ends and we've got a okay, K Oliver's laying dead on this table, did you think that was it? I wasn't really sure to be honest with you. So, yeah. you, you know, like I said, you're never quite sure about deaths in these uh, sorts of shows. But um, yeah, were, were you disappointed with that death scene? No, I mean, it was kind of a fitting death scene for his character. I was just disappointed that they decided to do that in episode one and then had all this subplot for episode two and three. Yeah. But if they're going somewhere down the Spectre route and then, you know, we get a decent enough payoff at the end, mm-hmm. then I'll be okay with it. Yeah, it's just that, like, throughout, what, the last season and a half, roughly, of, of Arrow, maybe not that long, but, like, the the last at least half season and whatnot, it's been like, okay, this is all about, it's basically been said, like, okay, this is all about Oliver and Barry, and they're, like, sacrifices to save everybody else, and, um, yeah, just him being killed in the first episode and barely being in episodes two and three, in fact, I don't remember him being, I, does he get revived in episode three, I think? Um, no, he gets, like, barely revived in episode two and then they go to lucifer to go to yeah. purgatory in episode yeah. three so um but yeah them giving him like okay you're really really significant in this and then he like disappeared for most of the first three episodes i thought was uh quite disappointing and quite surprising so uh speaking of the whole flash's involvement um oh before, before we jump to the flash let's rewind a bit uh before that what did you think of uh black lightning's tie-in episode I was so lost in that. It wasn't even funny just because I haven't been watching all the episodes. I mean, I did. We did see and cover season one together. So I knew like the primary players like for Black Lightning and his kids and his um, semi-ish estranged wife. So I knew basically who was who. Mm-hmm. But past that, I really didn't have a clue what was going on. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically just you know that they, they, they were continuing with you know crime in Freeland and everything, and then I like the way that throughout the episode it's like, okay, is it? Uh, I think it's Jennifer or Anissa, one of the sisters, kind of gets like whatever was happening to her, and then like you get the red sky thing, and the way it just slowly kind of bleeds into the episode, and then they have to get uh, taken out of uh, of the earth um i thought it was pretty cool um yeah what do you think of his first interactions with um it was flash and pariah and was it was it caitlin and cisco yeah technically killer frost but yeah so. yeah yeah what do you think of um i mean that's the first time we've ever seen uh, outside of the trailers him rea- him meet uh, anyone from the arrowverse um i thought that uh... was really really good it was okay. It was a little too uh, accepting of what was going on when you think about it. I kind of like that a little bit. Yeah, because here he is. He's not really dealt with any kind of metas of superheroes outside of his city. And if I'm gathering what was going on from the show that I haven't watched, that there's like some sort of like lockdown or wall or quarantine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then here's all these complete strangers and they're like, oh, we need your help. It's like, who the hell are you? It's like, oh, we need your help. And they just kind of roll with it. So, yeah, I just kind of thought with Jefferson's character, he's always kind of had that like, okay, I'm going to always kind of do whatever I can to save just people, not even necessarily just his family, like people as well. And I just kind of think that when, when a superhero goes into that situation and someone says, okay, there's a crisis, there's, I mean, the multiple Earths thing that had to be explained to him, I, I understand why that might have felt like a bit of a, like, quite a lot in one sort of thing. 
Um, but just in terms of his character and his willingness to like help people, I I um brought a bit more. I suppose his his just willingness to help. I mean, the different Earths and like crisis is a different thing, but. Uh, I just think that the way that like Barry and Pariah specifically were like okay we need you to kind of help us like right now or you know the earth could be uh, in danger um, I thought was pretty good but um, yeah he tries to obviously hold the lightning down doesn't he from that thing and then uh, we lost uh, John Wesley's ship well not him himself but mm-hmm. his, his uh, version of the Flash I thought that was I actually thought that was really kind of sad the way he just disintegrated um, what, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean that kind of forget that kind of fits into how they showed Flash disappearing in the Elseworld crossover, and yeah, then it also yeah. kind of fit into like the stuff they showed from the future. So, mm-hmm. um, but past that, I mean, it is kind of sad to see that version go. But you know, you never know when it comes back. That's also true. Like we said, you never know if a death is a death in this universe. But yeah, just seeing him kind of be in pain and put on this treadmill like a mouse and then just disintegrate was uh, quite sad I thought so uh, what else do we have here um, favorite and least favorite parts any favorite parts particularly for you uh, I mean the whole thing was enjoyable for the most part I mean I, I would have liked to have seen you know Dean Kane make a little quick cameo but other than that the whole thing has been enjoyable mm-hmm. um, what about least favorite parts apart from Batwoman being a bit awkward uh <laughs> don't really have a least favorite part i just wish he'd go to a, a voice co so her accent would quit popping through or they could have just made her australian and just not have to deal with it so i'd have been more fine with that than anything else hmm yeah um cool what else do we have so i wrote down uh yeah brandon ralph the superman brilliant absolutely brilliant uh i've not seen the superman returns isn't it uh, mm-hmm. his, his Superman was from. Never seen it. Don't have any connection to that character. But I thought he was brilliant as because uh, he, he's he's the Kingdom Come Superman, isn't he? I thought he was amazing, and I saw him getting a lot of praise online. So um, and it's I kind of feel sorry for Tyler because when them when them two have the fight, obviously with uh, the Kingdom Come Superman and his Superman, there's just such a noticeable difference in muscle and just in like body build. And it was like, mm-hmm. okay, you, you're you're showing showing him up a bit here, um, which somewhat can't be helped. But like, Brandon Ralph Superman is clearly like been doing this for a while or whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, what do you think of him making a return? Oh, it makes sense. So yeah, I mean they they've been teasing that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, did you see uh, Superman Returns? Yeah, I watched it on uh, Netflix uh, with his thing upcoming, so... Okay, cool. Um, yeah, what do you think of um, Tyler Hecklin's Superman in this crossover? <coughs> Sorry. It's, uh, it's fine. I mean, I remember him from one of the episodes of Supergirl when I was still watching it, and he did a pretty good job then, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Brandon Routh is Superman, Tom Welling, Kevin Conroy, we talked about that, favourite, least favourite parts, the team is stuck, we'll talk about the actual cliffhanger in a minute, uh, we do have some emails, um, I put Arrow's first death sucked, I put first death because I, su- I assume he's gonna die in the Arrow episode, which is actually the next one, um, wh- where do you think his character is gonna end up? Uh, Arrow. I honestly don't know at this point, so. <laughs> right, um. Yeah, I I kind of think that he he might die in uh, the next episode. 
but um, we shall see. Because I mean, we don't have any Earths left, so I guess nope. not. I guess someone's got to make another sacrifice. So, uh, right. Um, yeah, the team is stuck. So, um, how do they get out of this? I, I, my, my one guess when when I kind of stopped or finished the episode and thought like, okay, which characters are there? Who can do what? My immediate thought was like, okay, maybe Flash can do something with time or like portals, maybe in some sort of way. Um, if if some of you have read the comics, you're probably laughing at me, but I've obviously not read them. Um, what do you think might happen? Uh, it's really hard telling, but they are at the vanishing point, which is outside of space and time. Mm-hmm. So there might be like some tech there that they can use and uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. Is that set that they're on the uh, twenty forty legends set? It looks like exactly. It looks like the the like broken arrow bunker, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean no. I mean they said specifically that they were at uh, the vanishing point, mm-hmm. so we don't have to worry about for that uh, past that. I don't know what time it is because technically it is uh, time and outside time and space, but in terms of you know the vanishing point at some point after uh, uh, Wentworth Miller's character uh, died, uh, you know, sacrificing himself for that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, and then that's the cliffhanger that we get left with. Not the worst cliffhanger I've seen. I've seen cliffhangers that are worse. But uh, well, it is what I don't get about this fan base. Right? We waited an entire year between Infinity War and Endgame, and I never saw anyone complain about that. And I've seen a lot of people say, like, oh, I have to wait a whole month for the resolution of this. That's only a month. If that, it's, yeah, what, the 15th of um, January is coming back, the Tuesday. Um, That's barely a month, if that. Um, Yeah, 14, 15, something like that. Yeah, I don't understand the complaints when we waited a year for Endgame. I can kind of see a little bit just because... It's not like they filmed Infinity War and Endgame at the exact same time, had all that footage and all that post-processing done, mm-hmm. and then just chose to separate them, you know, as far apart as they did. Um, with the TV shows, obviously they are filmed and they are done. Um, the only reason why they're delaying them is because it is the holidays, and at least over here in the States, um, you know, the next two weeks we got College Bowl championships, we got... Uh, Divisional championships, uh, football, American football is getting ready to, to start getting to the serious nitty gritty. Then you got, you know, Christmas Day specials, New Year's Day specials. So there's a lot of holiday and calendar days and other things that are taking away time between now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can kind of understand a little bit. I do think it's stupid. Don't get me wrong. I, I think the complaining about it is stupid, but I can kind of sort of understand it in context just because you know i have you know lived with this kind of scheduling my whole life mm-hmm. you know even before streaming services and on demand and anything like that you know you had your end of year breaks you had your uh, summer breaks and then you had the shows that filled in for the summer and this and that and the other and whatnot and it's just what it was so you just that's you know that was your reality and you accepted it mm-hmm. i i kind of also think let's say they did because it was sunday monday tuesday for the episode. Let's say on Wednesday and Thursday. They aired episodes 4 and 5. The, mm-hmm. This cliffhanger wouldn't be nearly as of, as of effective. Um, oh, absolutely I don't not. think. Because then you'd be like, oh, cool. Tomorrow I'll see how they get out of this. Um, 
and it just wouldn't really work very well in my opinion so uh, cool let's move on to some emails you can of course send your emails feelings thoughts questions comments whatever into entertainment talk matthew at entertainment talk.org twitter etalk uk there's contact page and information in your show notes josh says hey there with crisis having lots of different cameos which were your most and least favorite i loved seeing tom welling as a smallville fan how about yourselves um surprisingly enough as someone who can who considers himself more of a batman fan than a superman fan I kind of enjoyed Brandon Ralph as I know I know it's not really the, one of the cameos, but it's one of the cameo-ish returns, isn't it? Because obviously he's got the connection to the previous uh, Superman from Re- Returns. Um, I kind of enjoyed that more than the Kevin Conroy stuff. Um, I think uh, least favorite, like I said, it just didn't really connect with the Tom Welling thing, and I think his reactions were still weird. Um, what about you? Which which one was your least and most favorite of the cameos? Uh least favorite the titans just because unless you know dc streaming service gets added to somewhere else which is not Mm -hmm. i'm never going to be able to see those um so i had not even like less than your connection to tom welling because you could at least you know look up old episodes of smallville on some i'm sure it's on some streaming service i mean i don't know if if you get cw seed or not in the uk but uh um yeah, it's just with that. I mean, it meant literally less than nothing to me to see those two characters on the screen or to have them wiped out. Um, best one, I don't know. I, I mean, did... there were so many of them that were really good. So mm-hmm. I did enjoy the Burt Ward one a fair bit. I just thought he was quite kind of good. So yeah, um, yeah, that was the cameos one. Uh, Lily says, "Guys, did you see the?" Uh... Oh. I've accidentally put a um we had one email sorry I've put I've put a gaming talk email thing in here for the uh feedback so sorry about that uh yeah that's what we've got for you for the again what did, uh, what should I call this when I post it parts 1 to 3 or episodes uh I I think episodes 1 to 3 is better cuz um yeah. I I saw that they posted the um trailer for the next part and they've called it part 2 so if I call this parts 1 to 3 I don't know. I'll call it episodes one to three. But that's what we've got for you yeah. for episodes one to three. Uh, unless you've got anything else, Robert, for this uh, no. crisis? No. That's all I got. So Cool. All right. We will return in the new year to see what the hell happens, how the hell they get back, who lives, who dies, who actually lives and dies, and then who lives and dies in two seasons' time or whatever. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. But, yeah, you can find all the content that we've got in the meantime on entertainmenttalk.org. Uh, of course, in the meantime, between now and the Christmas break, uh, if you have any thoughts on how they could get back, let us know. And we'd be very interested to read them once we come back in the new year for those episodes. Uh, but, yes, entertainmenttalk.org is where you can find all the content. If you want to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk on Patreon, please check out the $1 and $3 level tiers. Um what else is there? Uh, Amazon affiliate link, of course. If you want to shop uh, for Christmas or for yourself or both, you can use our Amazon affiliate link. We'll get a small cut of what you spend. It won't cost you extra. iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. Of course, we've got separate uh, CW superheroes feeds and one for all of them. Uh, I'm going to be putting this episode in all of them because it's on Infinite Earths, so why not? Um, mm-hmm. You can do all of that, of course. Um, yeah, of course, word of mouth. Please tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. I'm sure you'll find someone talking about Crisis on the internet, and you can share this podcast with them as well, of course, um, and all the other content that we do. Uh, social media, please share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter, 
and if you're allowed to put them in different Facebook groups. Uh, and last thing, video games. If you want to watch us play different video games, uh, me and David stream on Twitch, Robert streams on Mixer, and look out for Let's Play Sundays as well. We'll see you in the new year for the rest of Crisis. Um, and we'll see what the hell happens. Uh, see ya, I guess, next year if you don't listen to anything else. But in the meantime, we will do other stuff, and we'll see you for those. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.